Welcome to our first segment of this afternoon's program. It's Sunday, the 11th of April, 2021, and I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Good afternoon. And now, the crisis in St. Vincent and the Grenadines is indeed dire. The La Soufre volcano erupted on Friday. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, after weeks of increased volcanic activity, uh, tens of thousands of people in the north of the island had to be evacuated when the order was issued by the government. Uh, volcanic ash has now blanketed most of St. Vincent uh, in areas closer to the volcano. There are literally multiple feet of ash covering the environs for miles, turning what used to be multicolored landscapes of trees, homes, roads, and businesses, and so on, into sheer gray. Uh, the eruption is continuing and many thousands are now residing in shelters and hotels as their homes have become uninhabitable due to danger. Uh, this morning even there was a power outage that added to the severity of the situation. Uh, pictures and videos have shown the extent of what's been going on and have been making the rounds. Uh, we've seen congested crowds at docks waiting to board a vessel to be evacuated. We've seen homes destroyed by ash. Uh, we've seen entire countrysides uh, blanketed with ash. Uh, we've seen small fires. We've seen paramedics, uh, Coast Guard, and other emergency personnel responding to people in distress. Uh, this clip that you're about to hear is the Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Dr. Ralph Gonzalez, speaking to the press, uh, we believe to be on Saturday. Uh, the video was posted by the online media outlet VC3. Of the 13 million cubic meters of material which had formed the dome, approximately, mm -hmm. the volume, mm -hmm. it has been blown away. And, and new material is also coming up, coming the volcano. And uh, for, fortunately, a lot of the material has gone to the sea. But a lot is here and a lot... I was just talking to Mia Matli. Mm -hmm. Game of Barbados and a lot has reached Barbados um, and we don't know how long this skewing is going to take place the, 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 the seismologists don't know in fact what the work they're doing they're collecting samples and through their testing they're going to be able to give us some indication that was the voice of uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines Prime Minister, Dr. Ralph Gonzalez. On this segment, we'll be looking at things from a humanitarian perspective. We'll be asking what are the conditions like right now on the ground and what have St. Vincent's people been grappling with for the past few days and how are they responding. Uh, joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have with us Mr. Brenton Smith. He is in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Uh, he's a stationed sergeant of police in the Royal Police Force of St. Vincent and the Grenadines and he's been a police officer for the past 26 years. He's a former president of the Caribbean Federation of Police Welfare Associations, and he's the current head of St. Vincent's uh, Police Welfare Association. A good afternoon to you, Mr. Brenton Smith. A good afternoon to you, and good afternoon to the audience. Uh, we also have joining us uh, on this panel Mr. Kavil Hazelwood. Uh, he is also in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. He's a student at the University of the West Indies, St. Augustine. Uh, he's also uh, the PRO of the St. Augustine Guild of Students. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Kavil Hazelwood. Good afternoon, Kieran, and good afternoon, Antigua. It's great to be here. Now, we might be joined later on in this program uh, by someone from the Richmond Vale Academy. Um, and we also, in fact, did have booked uh, to come on the head of Sedema, um, it's Elizabeth Riley, but unfortunately she was not able to join us, um, as I think our listeners would understand, due to the uh, the volatility of the situation. Um, but I, I just want to ask our two guests uh, who are with us now, starting with you, Mr. Brenton Smith, 
just to tell us uh, where you are and what is going on in the area that you're in right now uh, and, and what has been going on. Uh, if you could just re recount for us what's been going on from since, um, well, this week, perhaps the eruption, perhaps a little before. Okay, well, we all would have known that the St. Vincent de la Souffre was erupted on the 9th of April, 2021. And this is just four days short of the 1979 volcano eruption here in St. Vincent. So it seems as though the month of April has some historic views in regards to the volcano here in St. Vincent. At present, I am at Central Police Station, which is in capital city, Kingston. And it is very relatively quiet here. Uh, most of the officers are out uh, patrolling the various aspects of St. Vincent, the various parts of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. We know that the volcano has disrupted the lives of many Vincentians, including that of police officers who are living on both sides, the further side of the island, the windward and leeward side of the island. And police officers, including the number of civilians, had to be we evacuated, evacuated, and we are really hoping that things can come up to some normalcy. The, we have also had reports of looting in the Connery or Georgetown district, and also over and the in Sandy Bay area, where those are classified as the red zone, the danger zone of the volcano. Uh, I have not had the opportunity to visit uh, any of the station this morning because I was basically waiting for this interview uh, so that I can leave and go out and see how members are. The, of course, this is very an experience for many persons, uh, even for members of the Royal St. Vincent Grenadines Police Force, where over 80% of the police are very young and would not have experienced the 1979 volcano. I myself, I was just five years of age and can become some of that, you know, but we, we last night, we have had a power out, outrage within the country, and that, of course, would have sent some panic to many persons, and I, I know they would have prayed for the morning to come. It seems very relatively quiet now, but last night, the volcano was really making noise, and a number of persons, like I said, got scared and really thought that um, things would have gotten worse by this morning. So when you say making... It, it when you... closely, yeah, and... Of course, the National Emergency Organization, NEMO, is out and other non-profitable organization is actually assisting of police of persons who are in the those homes but provided by the government mm -hmm. to actually assist in in food, water, and other stuff that is needed, mm -hmm. as you can imagine at a time like this. So Mr. Smith, when you and say uh, when you say noise, if you could just uh, go into detail for me, what 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 was the experience like? What were you hearing? What what was what was happening uh, uh, last night, for example, in terms of the spewing of ash, in terms of the noise? Um, reports well, it was rumbling. It was rumbling heavily. You know, um, rumbling like the some of um, what shall I say, like the. Um, should I say, old engine noise or very heavy, heavy noise that was um, done in the volcano. You could feel as though the, the ocean is smashing onto the walls, you know. So that is what I'm here. I, I, I'm actually explaining to be in terms of noise. Very heavy song that was very frightening. Also, one of the biggest problems we're having right now is that of the, the ashes that is all over St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I do not think any way have escaped the 
the ashes and we were, was, we were also told that there are ashes in Barbados as well and has affected the Barbados airport and some part of St. Lucia and also Grenada. So that is uh, what I'm basically referring to, the, the whole country being covered yeah. with ashes here in St. Vincent. Let me bring in Mr. Caville Hazelwood. Mr. Hazelwood, I know that you're presently actually in a shelter. Can you actually just describe for me where you are, uh, what's going on around you, how long you've been there? Hi, Kieran. So I am in, the, I am in Cotton's village located in central Leeward, St. Vincent, and I must say that the situation on the ground, it is very heartbreaking. It is devastating. Since I woke up this morning, villagers have been busy cleaning the ashes from their house roofs, removing the ashes from their yard. Um, today, I'm actually volunteering at a center, and this has actually opened up my heart. It has opened up my eyes, you know, to see that people had to leave their families, they have to leave their homes, you know, to be in these places. Um, just this morning, an experience I can recall is one of the elderly ladies in the shelter was saying that she has been basically hungry for two days now because she has a lot of underlying health conditions and she can only eat specific items. So, you know, I had to make a few trips in order to get food for her and stuff like that. Um, the government donated some mattresses recently so myself and my colleague we have been moving around to get donations of sheets towel soaps um whatever the case may be in order to um assist these evacuees um persons are still coming to the shelter and these are persons from the red zone who did not respond to the initial call to evacuate so that is the situation right now in my area um we are heavily covered in ash at the very moment and let me ask you as well, um, just in terms of numbers, uh, for instance, at the particular shelter that you're at, how, how many people would you gauge uh, to be there? Hundreds, uh, a thousand, more? Okay, at the shelter that I am at, it's actually a church shelter, right? So we currently have around 30 people. However, people have been coming throughout the day. So we are expecting to have 60 at the end of the day. Um, I'm not sure for the other schools. I should be volunteering at those other schools um, later on in this week. Uh, Mr. Brenton Smith, um, could you give us some idea of the extent of St. Vincent that has been evacuated? We understand uh, that there are various zones. There's what's called a red zone. There's zones outside of that and zones outside of that. Some areas are, of course, designated as extremely dangerous. People can't be there at all. Others uh, are where people are withdrawing to to take shelter uh, can you give us an idea of how much of the island uh, is is in red and is you know persons are just required to totally leave okay well on the on the windward side of the island you will have what the village's name of sandy bay Owea, and fancy also georgetown which is the bigger of those four that i just mentioned those posts have to be evacuated as well on the leeward side of the island you will have uh chatabile rose hall uh, some part of Rosebank uh, and also Spring Village, which is basically not in the red zone, but can be affected as well. Those persons have to be evacuated. There are about over 7,000, almost 8,000 persons have to be evacuated that are now being placed in, in either schools, uh, community centers, or might have been assisted by a friend or family who is what is being considered in the green zone uh, that is basically seen. So that is what is being happening now. That those also includes police stations uh, on both sides of the islands. 
And uh, in terms of the issues, I, I'm wondering, and I suppose I, maybe I could ask you this, Mr. Hazelwood, because you, you spoke about uh, supplies. Um, what has been the effect on the uh, you know ability of persons just more generally to um, access supplies? For instance, you said that you had to uh, get supplies on somebody else's behalf. Um, the store that you went to, for example, um, were, were, were they stocked? Um, were, was there a short supply? If you could give me some idea um, whether or not that has been an issue. Um, definitely um, essential items, um, stuff that people would usually buy um, during these conditions, such as canned foods, biscuits, and stuff are running out. But um, shops are still stocked at the moment, so it wasn't an issue for me to access food. However, um, the government has been donating foods to shelter. My shelter, for example, the government donated breakfast this morning for the evacuees at this shelter that I am at. Right, so that hasn't been a problem so far. Um, some evacuees are just requesting food items so that they can cook. So, for example, I've been going around asking for donation this morning, and some persons actually give monetary donations. So, as soon as I'm, as soon as I leave this life, I'm actually going to purchase some food items to take to the shelter. We are organizing cooking gas. We are going to bring a stove so that they can take care of themselves. And um, Mr. Mr. Brenton Smith, do you, do you are you able to say to what extent um, the evacuation has been totally successful? Uh, we understand that there are a number of persons who, um, I think, as it was indicated, did not initially respond uh, to the order to evacuate. And I would also ask: Was it a, a mandatory order, or was it uh, something optional? Okay, the, the evacuation was a mandatory order that was announced by the Prime Minister, and some persons decided that they were not going, they would have lived it through the 1979. Some other person figured that they wanted to protect their life, their property and livestock, and decided that they're not going. However, after, after the volcano, volcano had erupted, and there were several eruptions, I think that person really understood the danger in which they were, uh, the danger in which they are in now, and have decided that they want to come out. So we are being assisted by the, the Coast Guard to try and get persons out of it. It's a very dangerous experience, uh, as you could imagine, for the officers who have to go there to evacuate persons now. Um, the, but it is, the, there are still persons who are there, and we are really hoping that we can get everybody out safely, at least for those who really want to come out of this time. Uh, but you know, one of the things in which we really have to give credit to you know, is also the non-profitable organizations who have really come forward. Today I know there's a number of persons and the Police Welfare Association has collaborated with Michelle Child Development Preschool Center to basically distribute food and other equipments and materials to persons who are in the in the center. So and they've really played their part. I my I am very worried though that if the volcano was to continue to erupt like this, that uh, we will run out of food stuff after a period of time. And that will be the biggest fear, and water, of course, which is essential. So it is, it is, um, and can be a very dangerous stage here in St. Vincent and Grenadines. And um, how, how have you observed persons, I mean, just generally, uh, the average person in terms of their response? Because, um, I mean, disaster tends to bring out uh, various things. We've heard that there's been a lot of uh, camaraderie, a lot of uh, community spirit, people jumping in, everybody giving a hand. Uh, you can also have instances where, where persons are, are disagreeable. Uh, what has been your general observation of how people have been uh, reacting and coordinating in, in the midst of this crisis, Mr. Brenton Smith? 
But you know, in St. Vincent and Grenadines, if if we are not known for anything else, we are known for the, our our tough and our camaraderie, you know, our love for for humanity, and we come together in crisis, you know, because that's what we are love. We are uh, persons who are very friendly and loving, caring people. So this nation will come together despite the many challenges, whether it's political uh, or other self interest. We we come together in in needs in crisis. And I'm very proud of that. Persons are making their contributions. They are persons in the diaspora who are actually also want to the, the opportunity to send things for their family, friends, loved ones, you know, and for, for generally people say Vincent and the Grenadines. So persons are about, you know, they are persons who have uh, just volunteered their service at the services at this time and we this this is what St. Vincent is all about, you know. A loving and caring to the persons. And uh, the same question to you, uh, Mr. Kirkbeal Hazelwood. Generally, you know, how have of, of your neighbors, uh, random people around you, how have you observed people reacting? Okay, um, the officer touched on um, the community spirit, right? And he's very correct in that regard. Um, as I said previously, people have been giving donations. Um, people have been offering themselves you know, for service. There are people at the centers all over Barley, you know, who would have left their family at home, even left the ashes in their yard and on their roofs, you know, and are offering service. There are people donating, you know, um, necessity items. Um, I also want to touch on what I have been seeing, you know, outside of community service, but a Caribbean service, you know. Um, in the midst of this crisis, we are seeing that, okay, Vincentians are a resilient people. However, you know, our CARICOM neighbors, our Caribbean neighbors, you know, they have been reaching out, they have been donating, they have been offering their help, right? So I am very proud of this. I must say that I'm a proud Caribbean man living in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, you know, so that is my view on what is happening currently in terms of assistance. And um, from how things are now, right now, Mr. Hazelwood, uh, let us say uh, within the next week, what are some of the uh, most important things that you think need to happen around you in terms of where people are, uh, uh, how they move, their safety, uh, their supplies? Uh, if you could just give us some idea based on the current situation that you're experiencing, uh, some of the important things you think need to happen uh, in the next week. Okay, um, for one, we need to not grow weary of well-doing right those of us who are in a better situation um financially and geographically right i want to encourage persons to not go weary because it, it could be a situation where persons give for two days and they think that that is enough but we have to understand that people um have been displaced right and we are not quite sure how long this eruption this explosive eruption would be going on for when people would get to return to their homes and i know you will touch on the economic um issues later but there would be issues of course of financial issues issues of unemployment so i want to encourage persons you know here in st vincent persons in other caribbean islands to continue to give you know, that would definitely be needed in a time like this, especially if the eruption continues. And uh, Mr. Brenton Smith, uh, any idea of things you think are critical in, in the week ahead? Well, the, the, Mr. Hazel spoke about the Caribbean, and I just want to make mention of the Caribbean Federation of Police Welfare Association. From a police standpoint, as uh, held a meeting last night, and I've already decided some forces have started raising funds in different countries 
to assist members of the Royal St. Vincent Grenadines Police Force and their families. You know, we are very grateful for that. In fact, the Police Welfare Association recognizes the, the importance of family. And we would have rented guest homes for our officers and their families because we want to know that when they are out on duty, that they are comfortable knowing that their families are safe so that they can execute their duties effectively and efficiently so that they are um, to assist the members or the members of the general public in Grenadines. I, I however believe though in in the coming weeks the issue of, of foodstuff and general water will be key for survival. So we, we are looking forward for for the continued assistance of our neighboring countries as would happen when there's a hurricane or a storm and other countries are affected. We really come together as an organization uh, and as a country to, uh, to assist. And the Caribbean is a really unique place, you know, lovely people who understand the needs of each other. Uh, and I would also ask you, Mr. Smith, and I, I, I perhaps I could predict the answer, but um, I still have to ask, uh, given the situation with uh, COVID-19, uh, meeting this crisis situation, uh, to what extent are uh, health and safety protocols that were in place for pro uh, COVID-19, you know, distancing, masking, uh, sanitation, uh, to what extent are those things still possible? Well, it, it's always going to be a challenge because of the volume of persons in, in, in the centers. But we, we still advocate and still try to educate persons to, to use their masks and to hand sanitize as often as possible and to keep distance if, if it is possible. Those protocols are, are still in, but you can imagine the challenges in which it will happen. The whole issue of vaccination is also a next uh, problem where persons uh, were told, some persons were told, for example, that they have to be vaccinated before they go into to shelters. And um, that is something in which, even from a police welfare standpoint, we have an issue with, because we believe in freedom of expression, freedom of choice, and, you know, so, but it is, it is always going to be a, a tough situation because we are now facing basically two crises. Uh, two crises here in St. Vincent, the, the volcano and that of COVID-19. So it is, it is always going to be a challenge, but we have to try our best to, to utilize the protocols that are available to us. So yeah. is, that the, is that the policy in place then? Is the policy presently in place that um, uh, to be allowed into shelters, persons must demonstrate they've been vaccinated? Well, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not that really um, stands. I don't know if my brother will be able to help you there in that one. Sorry. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Kavil Hazelwood, has there been I any consideration? It has of, been mm -hmm. strongly advised, mm -hmm. you know, as the officer said. I personally do not agree with it, but based on my experience so far, um, a lot of persons in shelters have not been vaccinated. Um, actually, a lot of incensions, you know, haven't been opened. They are not open to the whole idea of vaccination. And I do not believe that um, people in a vulnerable situation, you know, um, basically poor people, um, people who cannot help themselves, should be in a situation where our government will take advantage of them as to force a vaccination on them for them to be protected, for shelter and food to be provided. But what I'm seeing so far is it is strongly being advised, but it is not mandatory. Okay. Um, I would also uh, want to ask you, uh, in terms of the level of ash coverage, because the, the, the pictures and the videos coming out of St. Vincent and, and the Grenadines have been uh, truly startling, um, 
I know that when I spoke to you yesterday, uh, you yourself said that um, where you were at that time, you'd been affected by ash, you'd, you'd had to been uh, cleaning out certain areas. Uh, can you give me some idea of the severity of the ash fall uh, uh, and the area in which that you are? Okay, I would start indoors, right? Because the ash is very fine. It is very easy for this ash whenever the wind blow to accumulate in porches and to blow under the porch door and stuff like that. So I was sleeping in the evening yesterday and I got up and I was feeling snuffy and I was feeling sort of sick. And then I realized that um, ash was blowing through, through the porch that is in my bedroom that was causing me to feel that way. So I had to sweep out. And sometimes you may look at the ground in your house and it doesn't look ashy. And as soon as you start to sweep, you see this ash, you know, accumulating, right? So I had to sweep out. I had to mop out because it's better for indoors to use the mop so that this dust doesn't kick up. I had to wet a cloth and place it underneath my door. In terms of outside, um, the ash coverage actually looks like if you're going to the beach you know that is how it looks it is very heavy it is plentiful and actually earlier this morning we have experienced some rainfall and whenever we are getting rainfall the ash tends to become clammy and a bit hardened so it is harder to deal with it is harder to be removed right so um persons are actually scraping this ash from their house roofs because it would have held on and galvanized and um, you, you of course, um, what zone, if I may ask, uh, were you in the least affected zone in terms of the ash, the ash fall and the volcano? Okay, I am in the yellow zone currently, right? Okay. So as I said, I'm living in Cortons Barley. I'm in the yellow zone. However, we have experienced a lot of ash fall overnight. Currently, no, there, there isn't a lot of ash fall. But based on what I'm seeing now, is a clear indication that throughout the night, the ash fall has been extremely heavy. Uh, Mr. Brenton Smith, what, what, what sort of impression have you had of the ability of the police, um, emergency services, Coast Guard, uh, to fully handle and deal with the, um, well, the, the, the crisis situation as it is now? I know many people would have various different reasons that they would need emergency assistance in this, um, in this situation, of course, and then there's the general evacuation. Um, so do you get the sense that uh, the, the, the current situation uh, there is enough manpower to, to manage it, or is that too going to be an issue within uh, the next few weeks? Well, so far we are doing fairly okay. Uh, however, uh, I can see that if it continues, especially with Volcano World 2, we are in, in a situation where the lava starts coming out, that we could have some serious issues where we need more persons to assist. Of course, this is uh, where the police officers themselves can be burnt out because they have to be able to patrol, they have to be monitoring the centers. Uh, with the limited resources, of course, you'll have, I think we've done pretty fairly, but of course, there's always going to be room for improvement. And we hope that we'll be able to, as we go along in this crisis, that we'll be able to come and assist members of the public uh, despite of our limited uh, resources. But I will tell you, the issue of policing, you know, and especially in St. Vincent de Grenadines, I often believe that our police officers are perhaps the hardest working officers, if not in the Caribbean, in the world. Because the, our hours of duties that what we perform is extremely, extremely difficult. But yet we always rise to the occasion. So there can be some challenges going forward. And of course, um, but any assistance we get from overseas in this regard, we will be so much happy. Um, 
access to water, Mr. Mr. Brenton Smith. Um, a, lo a lot of people are, are raising that, especially when it, when, it, when it comes to ash and contamination, uh, food, water, and things like that, especially water being contaminated. Water, uh, not just for drinking, but just for general use and, and, and cleaning and sanitation. Um, have you seen that already uh, becoming a problem, access to clean water, given the level of ashfall? Yes, I, mean, I know we were very much surprised of the the amount of ash that really flustered the country, basically. And we are hoping, we are hoping, of course, we really advise to, especially outbound waters, to cover their, their waters because it will make sense it's been open when the ashes will basically take it over. And we are hoping that, of course, it will not be as they in that aspect. However, though, there are persons who complain of, of course, of course, there's a water shortage because the Central Water Storage Authority will take up the water at some point. So you have to be always be uh, catching water when the water returns. But we, so far, it has not been a crisis, per se, but of course, it can lead towards that. And um, Mr. Kavil Hazelwood, I know, and I'll, I'll also ask Mr. Smith the question after, but uh, I know that this morning there was a power outage. Um, what... Well, what, 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 uh, well, how long, how long did it last, and and you know what was the feeling when it happened, Mr. Kavil Hazelwood? Okay, in my area, the power outage didn't go for too long. You know, when the current went, my brother was next by, next to me, and I was like, oh boy, here we go, because I feel as though we have been anticipating this power outage, right? Um, during a power outage, you're having a power outage during a natural disaster. It can cause an increase in fear because persons are depending on, you know, tuning into the radio stations, tuning into television as to have an update, you know, to what is happening, right? So what I would have heard, you know, I would have realized that it would have increased, you know, fear in a lot of people, no access to electricity, no access to Wi-Fi. However, it only went for a short period of time on my end. And um, I would have fell asleep before he came back, but I was aware of when my fan came back on. Okay. And that, that's an interesting thing, you know, um, they, 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 they usually say, and it's actually true, that, you know, you're sleeping and there's, there's loud things going on around you and you are, you're still sleeping, but the, the very silent hum of your fan stopping will wake you up. But anyway, uh, Mr. Brendan Smith, uh, the same the same issue, um, the, the the power outage and the reaction to that, um, and it was this the first power outage since the 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 situation escalated uh, around Thursday Friday. Mr. Brendan Smith, the the electricity went out and lasted for over two hours. It it was very scary because it was pitch dark outside. And we have never really seen that like that before. Persons couldn't get um, information as they wanted. The radio stations were down. Uh, of course, persons who might have had data were able still to access some uh, information on Facebook, but it was really, really a dying situation last night. Persons were very, very scared. And, you know, and we, we had expected this, you know, but of course, you could always plan for something, but execution when it comes is a different thing. But the, the village authority, they worked really hard and they were able to put back on the, the lights after about two and a half hours or so. So that, that was not bad. We have not had it since the eruption, per se, in any difficulty in terms of um, the electricity being um, got, went out. Mm -hmm. But last night was the first. In fact, it was uh, statewide blocked out last night.
uh, uh, Mr. Hazelwood, uh, the question of the water. I know I did ask Mr. Brenton Smith that. Access to clean water, has, has that become an issue already? Do you anticipate that becoming an issue? Well, currently it is an issue, right? As for my family, before Sufra erupted, um, the government were encouraging persons to catch water, right? And when the volcano started to erupt, um, we unplugged, you know, the, the pipe from the roof to our tank as to avoid contamination. However, as the officer mentioned before, in the long run, these things can be an issue. So I saw a lot of community members going to the river to shower yesterday and day before. However, the rivers are filled with ashes. Today, um, it is not it is not good for bathing. A few persons from the shelter, um, I had to take to the beach, right, to show them where the beach is so that they can bathe because they came with a, lash, a lot of ashes. Those who would have not responded to the initial call for evacuation um they came up in the safer zone right um with a lot of ashes on their skin and stuff like that so and they had to be cleaned up there's no pipes. there wasn't adequate water available okay but as i would say the main issue is one persons are indoors um given the water supply i would encourage persons you know, safe water, do not use this water, you know, to wash away ashes. Take this opportunity to catch water because we don't want this to be a situation where we are short on water for drinking. Uh, and how do you get information? We, we, we spoke about the power outage affecting persons' ability to monitor TV, to, to use the internet. I think the internet, of course, is quite critical. A lot of people get the information online. Uh, also, radio stations. Uh, give me some idea of how and where you get critical information or you have been getting critical information from, Mr. Hazel. Okay. Um, so, as the government... As the government recommended, critical information um, we have been getting from social media, the social media page for NEMO, um, the UE Seismic Research Center, and um, persons who see this information first would screenshot this information and it would be circulating you know, through WhatsApp, through Facebook, um, through Instagram. However, I, I must remind persons that there are a lot of uninformed information misinformation going around so they need to stay tuned to the sources that are credible which is nemo which are sorry nemo and the ue seismic resource center um the prime minister is on the radio um a few times a day as well as dr robertson the volcanologist the geologist who um is managing our volcano eruption at the moment so we are getting credible information and the turnover is very fast you know i must congratulate the government on excellent public relations during a time like this uh and mr brenton smith the issue of uh information uh good information and where it's coming from and how people access it well there's also the national broadcasting corporation nbc 75 radio they uh national radio station there are other several radio stations in whom we can access information from that is valuable also we have the state-owned television as well who will provide such information the memo also has a facebook page in which persons normally will go on to utilize information uh, if it comes to that there as, as mr uh, his word indicated there are persons who of course will send misinformation and we'll have had some of those, you know, and uh, I just want to urge persons to desist from doing that because this is serious business in a time like this. So we have to be very responsible 
and and understand the importance of, of such what has been the if i could ask what has been the sort of emotional impact on on you personally mr brenton smith i mean uh, looking at uh, the level of, of 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 devastation in terms of the ash, uh, the evacuation, uh, the risk, uh, and of course you mentioned that you're you're old enough that uh, at least when the last eruption uh, occurred, you you were around even as a child. Uh, what sort of impact has it had on you? You know, I I was preparing for this. It didn't have such a psychological impact on me, and because so many persons are dependent on me for advice and to, for assistance, especially within the organization. I, I have to rise above that. And um but of course it will have a um, psychological impact on other persons as well. And we, we are hoping that we can put the, the relevant uh things in place to assist persons who have been traumatized or who would have been affected in that aspect. Mm. But for me I, I as I said I was five years old, I've experienced it. It's being a five year old, there's not much really you might have known, but I had Living memories of those, and for this one, I have prepared myself mentally and otherwise because I knew this was going to blow. And Mr. Mr. Kavil Hazelwood, the, uh, the impact emotionally um, of the the eruption. Okay, concerning the emotional impact, I must say that initially I was very concerned about you know the examinations that are due and the projects that are due for for school, right? But when I see you know the the situation um, firsthand, people leaving their homes, people being displaced, I realize that you know this is something that is bigger than myself. So right now my heart has reached out to those in need, and currently I'm not focused on myself. Um, the emotions that I'm feeling are for those who would have been displaced, um, those who are still trying to seek proper help, those who are still looking for food, those who are still looking for donations. That is where my heart is at the moment, and that is why I'm trying my best to, you know, just be a vessel of assistance. And does, um, in what you mentioned, there are persons still looking for help, uh, for shelter. Um, does everyone have somewhere to go? Have you actually seen persons who are unable to uh, be sheltered or, or are unable to uh, access food? Uh, is, that a, is, that a, is, that a, is that a problem right now? The government has provided enough shelters mm -hmm. for all evacuees. Um, and as I mentioned before, the community spirit, uh, Barbados, for example, would have reached out to Royal Caribbean. So we actually have cruise ships here in St. Vincent that are hosting evacuees, um, also providing food and things of that sort. So we do not have a current issue where we don't have places for evacuees to stay. There are persons in church camps, there are persons in school, schools, there are persons who would have gone to family members in safe zones. Um, there are persons on the ship, as I mentioned before. So there isn't an issue where that is related. However, I must say that in a time like this, um, we have to ration, right? And persons may not and definitely will not be as comfortable as how they were in their home. So while persons may have been accustomed to eating a certain amount of food and eating at a particular time, it may not be the case for now because we're dealing with a national emergency. And I want everyone to, to remember that, you know, this thing is bigger than itself. Um, understand the situation that is going on and try to put others before yourself in a time like this. 
right? Um, persons in these shelters can tend to go impatient. But, uh, you know, I want, if any of them are hearing me now via radio, um, if you have a family member in a shelter and you are hearing this, encourage them to be patient, encourage them to be understanding, because the government and those of us who are volunteering are, are trying our best to assist. Uh, Mr. Brenton Smith, in terms of um, our listeners in the region and in, in Antigua and Barbuda, um, uh, what would you want to encourage persons to, to do? I know more information will be coming out from appropriate sources, our various governments, uh, um, NGOs, about organizing uh, assistance in terms of supplies, in terms of, of monetary donations and so on. But w what would you want to say uh, in order to encourage persons who are listening uh, that the people of St. Vincent will require a helping hand going forward? Well, I, I would say this. Um... What is happening to St. Vincent and the here is what could happen to the next country tomorrow. We are a Caribbean people who love each other. We're very resilient. So I urge persons within the Caribbean and Antigua not to be selfish, but to lend a helping hand. Continue to pray for the people of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, but also your contribution, whether it's financially or in terms of food and water, will be greatly appreciated. Because St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the past would have assisted other Caribbean countries when we have uh, hurricane or other natural disasters. And we, we are hoping that the same would be done for us here. Because remember, remember, as a people, today might be for me, tomorrow might be for you. We welcome the, the support from all of our Caribbean neighbors and just hope that this we can rise above it and come out stronger because that's what we are as a Caribbean people. And Mr. Kavil Hazelwood, um, in terms of a, a message, if, you, if you'd wish to, to speak to the audience listening in Antigua, anybody listening in the region, um, and, and the issue of uh, sticking with St. Vincent throughout uh, what is going to be a, a, a long recovery, uh, when that recovery sets in. Um, most of all, Right, while man may be limited, God is unlimited. So I want to urge persons to, you know, um pray without season, right? Um submit to pray, continue to pray for St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Because um as I said before, what man cannot do, God can do. And I am very confident, you know, that the most high would deliver us from whatever is happening now i am confident that our recovery would be speedy right um i would have already heard persons in other caribbean countries um complaining about their government giving to st vincent when their own country is in need you know concerning the COVID pandemic and i want to remind persons that we here in the caribbean we are one and this is a time where st vincent is in need right above all other caribbean countries and um you know when we give god has a way of blessing us you know in abundance so um don't go weary in giving as i said before do not go weary in well-doing because we can only get through this together we cannot get through this on our own uh mr brenton smith uh, we are coming down to on the final few minutes of this segment um if you could give us some idea again of uh, you know, just the situation and what you think uh, will be critical in the next uh, the next week, the next two weeks. Uh. Okay, so, 
So the, the people from Mason and Grenadines have just witnessed an eruption of the Lasso Fay volcano. Persons over almost 8,000 persons have been relocated and now in community centers, schools, churches. They are now with their families and friends who are in quote unquote a safe zone. But in the past few days, what we've been having as well is the lava ashes that have flooded St. Vincent and the Grenadines and some of our neighboring countries. Uh, we are we are continuing to pray to the Almighty for his guidance and blessings. And we urge persons also to do likewise with us. But we recognize that although there is not a water shortage so, to see, but we recognize that within a week or so, situation may change. Same thing goes in, in regards to food and other um, necessities. So that's what we're experiencing in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I just want to urge persons just not to be selfish. Let us rise together with this, with the help of Almighty God. Uh, Mr. Kavil here, so would um, you know just a a a, a, a rehash, a re-understanding of of the situation around you right now, and what you think is critical within the next uh, week or two. Mr. Hazelwood, are you uh, still with us? I'm here. Sorry. No problem. Um, what will be critical in the next week or two is everything that the officer mentioned a while ago. There isn't really much to add, you know, but only for us to continue to pray for each other, lend our support to each other, um, share what you have to those in need. Um, there are points of contact in various Caribbean countries where persons in Antigua, persons in Grenada, Dominica, even in Canada, even in the UK, can give their donation. And um, these items would be um, transported here to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, I want to remind persons because um, we tend to have this issue where we don't want to give if we cannot give a lot. Even if it is one grocery item, everything can go a far way right so um even if you have one thing to give i'm encouraging you you know to donate this thing right um if you have extra water you know i know you have to look for yourself i know that you have to look out for your family um i would advise you to donate some of this to the shelter donate food to the shelter continue to donate clothing um we have people we have a lot of children at the shelter um who had to leave the majority of their um clothing at home um, and I would write it, including towels, including sheets, pants, shorts, whatever the case may be. And um, they are in need of clothing. So if you have clothes that cannot fit you anymore, or even additional clothes, you have excess an excess of clothes, um, put these things together and donate them. Bring them to the shelters. We would share them around. And that is basically going forward for the next few weeks. We have to be able to reach out to each other and be our brother's keeper. All right, with that, I think we can end this segment here. I want to say thank you to Mr. Kavil Hazelwood. Uh, he's uh, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines right now. He's a student at the University of the West Indies, St. Augustine. He also happens to be the PRO of the St. Augustine Guild of Students. Uh, we are also joined by Mr. Brenton Smith. He, too, is in St. Vincent right now. Uh, he is a stationed sergeant of police in the Royal Police Force of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Uh, he's been a police officer for the past 26 years, and he's, in fact, currently the chairman of St. Vincent's Police Welfare Association. Uh, thanks to both of you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Kieran, for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Blessings.
sometimes on the road, accidents happen. And now you have to think about making a claim. But with Sagicor General, that becomes a whole lot easier. With Sagicor's Go Motor app, your claims can start almost instantly, which speeds up the time of settlement. You can submit photos and sign online with instant confirmation via email. <laughs> Just log in with your Sagicor Go app details or visit us online to register because accidents do happen. Sagicor General, wise financial thinking for life. Stay locked to Observer Radio 91.1 FM for the 11.45 a.m. news broadcast sponsored by North Coast Hardware. Welcome back uh, on this, our second segment of The Big Issues this afternoon for April 11th, Sunday, April the 11th, um, or the 11th of April, rather, 2021. Uh, we are going to be discussing the issue of St. Vincent's Volcano. Uh, we'll be looking specifically at the particular risks associated with volcanic eruptions. Uh, our guest for this afternoon is uh, Mr. Allenson Kruikshank. Uh, he will be joining us very shortly. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to treat you to the lovely sound of one more commercial. You call him baby. You have his baby. You blink, and your baby has a baby. Life moves fast. Be prepared with Sagicor. Visit SagicorLife.com to learn more so you can be ready for all of life's changes. Sagicor, wise financial thinking for life. You already know the basics. Wash your hands, wear a mask, watch your distance. So right now, crowds, bad. Your immediate family who lives with you, better. Recently returned from traveling and going out into the community, bad. Quarantining at home for two weeks before going out, better. It's a drag not having that big birthday party you planned, but your life and the life of your loved ones are not worth that risk. The COVID-19 safety measures have been a lot to live with, but don't forget, you still have a lot to live for. Mask up Antigua. This message was brought to you by your community hospital, Mount St. John's Medical Center. <laughs> 